Good morning. Welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today's my steep pleasure to have on Pennsylvania firefighter and first responder, Anthony Chen. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Thank you so much, buddy, for taking the time, man. I wanted to really uh, emphasize out, you know, we got the 4th of July and summertime out here coming out. And I wanted to emphasize a little bit of safety, you know, with fireworks and swimming and 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 all the hard work you guys do as well. And I wanted to, you know, appreciate you taking a few minutes to answer some questions. Hey, not a problem. And I hope, hope that everyone will be able to take something away from this. Absolutely, without a doubt. Now, you know, how important it is to, to recognize safety with uh, you know, the 4th of July coming up and fireworks and, uh, you know, adult supervision and just being careful of where people are aiming things and setting things off. Yeah, so it's really important, and um, it's also something that's not really considered. Um, firework incidents, they account for about 19,000 fires, uh, according to the NFPA. Oof. And even of that, there's also injuries that occur, and they estimate that to be about 9,000 injuries per year. Um, with those, they are things such as burns, which about 44%. Uh, but a lot of extremity injuries to the arms, the legs, the hands, the fingers, um, but also the eyes. And so, you know, it's always a great time to go out and enjoy with the family. Uh, but there are serious uh, threats that could occur with, uh, you know, misusing Zade for fireworks. Absolutely. And people don't realize how hot like a common sparkler burns. I mean, you know, that's that's a that's, a, you know, what, over a thousand degrees, right? So the sparkler can burn up to 12,000 degrees, and it's also very interesting that the material that sparklers are made out of is found in the incendiary grenades that are used in the military as well. So a thermite grenade consists of the same material as a sparkler. Uh, so, you know, most of the time you they may be given out and not monitored just as be- as closely as, say, the big mortar tubes or Roman candles, but they're also very dangerous in something uh, that, you know, once it starts burning, there's little to do uh, and to stop it. So it is just as important to monitor the youth whenever they have those. Absolutely, man. I So I, I have a granddaughter that got burned really bad with sparklers, you know, and I didn't see it at a time a long time ago. So I definitely wanted to bring that up. And I'm so glad that I couldn't remember how hot it was. I knew it was really hot, but I appreciate 12,000 degrees is pretty doggone hot, man. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a thousand or thousand two hundred. Twelve hundred, rather. I mean, twelve hundred, yeah, rather. 1200. Excuse me. That's yeah, that, that's 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 pretty doggone hot. I mean, that's twice your normal oven. Yeah, and you think you know, glass is melting at about eight hundred degrees, and so that's something that can it can really really have negative repercussions. And, um, and that's and, something they should really. That's something they should really like. You know, if God forbid somebody gets burned, they should take them right away to the hospital. That's just not something you take care of at home, right? Right. So burns, especially um, on younger individuals, they're very critical and serious and then left untreated can cause infection and also can cause worsening um, blisters and, uh, you know, it just scarring. And so you want to get that treated and you want to get it treated early and quick. Right. Without a doubt. And of course, with all the rest of the fireworks, I always sit there and say like this, I've never been a fan of holding certain ones with, you know, firecrackers per se and throwing them or whatever else because the fuses can burn at all different times, right? Right, fuses, you never know. Do you think about uh, the thousands of fireworks and how they're made in mass production and everything that's made, there are some of those that are out there that don't work exactly as they should. So now you're 
always taking the risk out there and you trust that the firework is going to do what it's supposed to but there's but that's where a lot of the injuries come from with these firecrackers and the pressure and with the explosions in the hand and, and just in a matter of an instant your time is off you're counting you think you know how long it takes to hold, that you can hold it but also those fuses burn as well and that sediment drops on you you get distracted by the burning and then you just hold on to a little longer and then you suffer a catastrophic injury there right and just a simple firecracker can you can lose a digit or two right right and, and even if it doesn't lose a digit you can suffer nerve damage um, loss right. of the flesh and the meat there and in your nerves and you know it's there's veins and such and it can cause a significant amount of blood loss just from minor you know what you'd see what you would think of as just seemingly harmless uh, fireworks and what you said also in regards to the fact that the eyes of uh maybe people who are setting them off have some uh protective eyewear along with their safety right right and that's something when people think about fireworks it's not taken into account of because a lot of it's done at nighttime but um injuries to the eyes uh even just the smoke inhalation but you, you sometimes get that smoke into your eyes and it's a lot of chemicals that are burning into that and it can irritate but uh, any definitely trauma to the eyes it's a serious injury um, same thing with the burns we talked about to the skin if you get an eye injury you'll need to seek medical help and you know in the meantime you can uh, cover that eye with a um, cloth that has been dampened and even try and cover the other eye so once you look around with one eye even if one's injured and you're holding it shut underneath your eyes still moving in those directions so if you do encounter these problems let's get some a cool damp cloth and cover the eye and maybe you'll have to cover both right and then they go get seek help right exactly and also i mean the idea of uh you know with all these firecrackers cherry bombs and everything else you know obviously you know you do your what's, what's legal in your town or whatever besides the safety part but uh, i mean you know you just have to be extra careful um and also mind your pets as well i mean i obviously know that you know you and i both have pets but the sensitivity to pets also isn't very important right yeah and pets and animals you don't know how they're going to truly react it's not like they know that's the fourth of july uh, so you want to make sure your animals are kept safe and they may need to be kept inside or make sure they're in a secured area because pets get scared and they take to their natural instinct and run away and even actually a funny story we uh while we were in iowa we were visiting and we were shooting off fireworks and the little chihuahua picked up the mortar tube that was shooting and picked it up and thought it was a stick and was running around and so it was then shooting at everybody and everyone's running for cover so oh, just no. a matter of that you'd think <laughs> the dog wouldn't go after it but the dog picked it up didn't have a care in the world but it startled it when it kept shooting so it took off running even faster and no one could catch it oh wow i appreciate you sharing that and also the gunpowder off of those things isn't good for our hands to touch or anything else or our kids hands or anyway right no it's uh you know and it's a, an explosive material and you want to make sure that you are cleaning your hands afterwards but also again rubbing it into your eyes um, but also that's residue and there is the potential that unburnt gunpowder could then reignite so if you were doing something else then you have that hazard that exists on your hand um, and same when it burns there 
the sulfur smell that you may have, you don't want to breathe it in too terribly long. Right, exactly. I appreciate that. And now also the idea, you know, we obviously have a lot of uh, people out there, you know, enjoying, you know, wonderful foods like we all try to do and everything else. And, you know, but the idea of learning some first aid and everything else is really important, whether they go to like a certification place like that you would refer them to or a Red Cross or whatever, or if they watch a video, isn't it very important that, you know, people out there right now learn some first aid of, of some sort, so in case something happens, somebody chokes on food or an object or whatever? Absolutely. Um, the There are some essentials that every individual should know and should have a basic awareness of is stop the bleeding, the Heimlich maneuver, and even CPR. And as you mentioned, the American Red Cross, they host a lot of different trainings. And then you can also check with your local uh, emergency services and ambulance clubs, and they also offer training to the public um, a lot too. And just even, you know, basic survival, bandaging, cleaning a wound can uh, have drastic outcomes on how the recovery or how fast the recovery is and how successful recovery is after an injury right exactly and i I think uh you know everybody there's even uh, cpr for animals and there's plenty of things even on youtube to go watch from an an official an official uh, page if, if you don't have time to go learn it before the 4th of July, take 10 or 15 minutes and go watch something and uh, at least have a little general idea to how to save somebody, right? Right, absolutely. And you'll never know because you think about it when you, if you were to ask yourself right now, okay, I know how to do CPR or I know how to give the Heimlich on an adult. Okay, but what is, does it change for a child or right. does it change for an infant? And it does, and there's a very different approaches to take. And so if you're not unfamiliar with it, it's definitely something worth seeking out just to have the general knowledge. And even if you're not an expert or you're not a master at it, you can make a difference in those initial moments after an event occurs to save a life. Absolutely, without a doubt, and I appreciate you sharing that. Now, there's something I wanted to get and you know get, talk about you with as far as the fact of there's a lot of people out there swimming, enjoying the sunshine, and of course we want them all to use their sunscreen and be you know and, and, and their and their lip block to make sure that their lips don't get sunburned and everything else. But the swimming thing, Anthony, out there, I wanted to talk about is the fact that there's a way difference between swimming pools and lakes and oceans of how to swim and you being a first responder and obviously you know, I, I you know i know you're a fisherman and everything else but there's a big difference of people dumping, jumping in a swimming pool and jumping into a lake or an ocean uh, even if you're a good swimmer correct absolutely um you never truly know what the currents are going to be like and so people think oh you know the rip tides are for the oceans but rivers have very strong currents creeks can have strong currents strong currents can occur in just ankle deep or shin deep of water and while you see uh, major catastrophes out in flooding and you'll see people stranded and you see the rescuers walk just across and you'll be like you know i could try to cross that water well there's a reason <laughs> for we don't have people do that is because water moving at that capacity and that force is significant strength and it's definitely something you don't want to over or underestimate water um whenever you're out there swimming right yeah because i mean even the best swimmers can get cold can get locked up 
um, you know, at any time, whether it be the ocean or anything can happen. And, you know, and we're not stronger than our currents. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're, you're absolutely right. The, and water also is a much different temperature. That's why we go swimming. It's a hot day. You jump into the cold water and right. it kind of takes your breath away. And that mammalian effect is your airway essentially closing just for that second. But that shock can kind of really disrupt your body and cause a little bit of confusion. And so when that initial jumping into the water, you may see someone, they look panicked and essentially it's your body's fight or flight and it is that panicked reaction. But long time into the water can cool you down. And a lot of people don't think about drinking. You're surrounded by water, you're covered in water. So you need to hydrate uh, while you're doing these act sort of activities right. so that you maintain. And again, you're going to be swimming for a long time. You want to keep your muscles hydrated so they don't cramp and fatigue. And then if you're swimming out to a far distance, make sure that you have enough to get back before you decide, oh, I'm going to swim out really deep out there. Well, you have to have enough in the gas tank to swim back. Absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, it might be an easy ride out there swimming, but all of a sudden coming back, you might run out of gas real quick. Yeah. I mean, now also, and now you brought up drinking, obviously he meant, you know, refreshments in regards to the fact Gatorade, water, and those type of things, you know, that, that put substance back in your body. But let's just touch with the alcohol part, because a bunch of people are going to go out there, and they're going to have a night, couple cool ones out there, or a couple nice mixed drinks, or some, you know, or a little bit of liqueur, or some whiskey out there. You know, which isn't really a great mix, especially if it's not in moderation. But you need to really be careful, right? Because somebody's got to be in charge, and, it, and obviously, actually, accidents can happen, whether it be fireworks or being on a boat or in the ocean or the lake. Yeah, absolutely. And when, as we consume alcohol, our decision making becomes impaired, our hand-eye coordination becomes impaired. Uh, and so absolutely, you know, if you're of age and if you're capable and you're doing it in a safe manner, go out and enjoy a few in moderation. That's great. Enjoy the time. But you want to make sure you're keeping an eye on other individuals that are around you, too, because they may become uh, victims of some sort of emergency. And again, if you want to be clear of mind, able to help out, you've got to be able to be quick thinking and make the right decisions. And that's a little hard to do when uh, when you're a bit impaired. So, you know, definitely also with that, as you're traveling around to see family, you should never operate a motor vehicle while under the influence. And that includes buzz. Even if you think, you know, you can have a few and still be all right, it's not worth the, the risk to injury and also the legal uh, ramifications. Exactly. And you're only at maybe a half as fast as you think you are anyway. So that gets cut down into quarters when you're drinking or, or doing any type of substance, right? Yeah. And everything just works against you. And as your mind thinks of one thing, you can make that split six, split uh, decision. And uh, you know what? I'm going to shoot this gap. And, well, you that gap closed, but your body wasn't moving as fast. You know, that just and then something unfortunate happens. Right, exactly, and we're not saying you don't have a good, I mean, but hey, look, even if you're out on the boat, man, have a designated driver on a jet ski or whatever it is, have somebody who's pretty clear about their wits, you know, and everything else. We're not saying you can't have a good time, you just gotta be careful and make sure that somebody's pretty clear-headed that it happens. I mean, now the other thing is, is that 
I think we're seeing a lot of, and especially in Tennessee, and I've seen a lot of it, is people are going out in the lakes, you know, and they're not wearing their life preservers. Now, we've all been in swimming holes and lakes and oceans without a life vest, but I mean, kids, first of all, absolutely without a doubt, especially in a lake or an ocean, but on a boat, but don't you think that if you're out operating like that, that you really should have life vests on? Yeah, and, and or at least immediate access too. Right. Um, you know, you want to go down, you want to swim, you want to dip your head in. That's all fine and dandy. But if you're going to be out there all day, uh, you know, it, what's it's nice enough just to have a vest on to sit and float and enjoy. Right. And you can let the life vest do the work for you. So it's definitely something always to consider. And when a lot um, you. A lot of states require that you have life vests for as many passengers as you have on a boat. So if you load up that pontoon with 30 people, there's got to be 30 life vests on there. Again, not just from a safety standpoint, but if you get pulled over by the uh, Fish and Boat Commission or the game warden, they're going to cite you, and those fines can be very hefty. Yeah, they, they, they can get into triple, quadruple digits and higher, man. You know, I mean, you don't want to make, you don't want to upset them, and you don't want to risk anything, obviously, you know, or anybody get hurt. But I'm without a doubt. And now this is one of the busiest times of the year for you, obviously, also because of the conditions out of it being dry in a lot of areas. Now, you know, obviously, that we're, we normally stationed out of Tennessee or out of uh, California, but right now we're in Iowa ourselves. So, I mean, but conditions are pretty raw, especially because of the Canadian fires and everything else. We've got a lot of smoke going on. So real quick with that part of it is, obviously, we need to be careful with where we're lighting fires and, and, and uh, you know, to cook out hot dogs and stuff like that. I uh, got any good advice for people like that, are, that, you know, are allowed in areas that they are allowed. I'm going to specify allowed to have cookouts. Do you have any advice for them to how to be careful? Yeah, so, um, you know, mainly extinguishing, making sure that you've removed any flammable material. And so we'll take this in a couple of parts. So when you think about your campfires, if you're going to sit around, you want to clear out the vegetation because that's all fuel that the fire is looking for around your little fire pit. And every time you watch the embers float off into the sky, that's a little bit of flame that's being spread and that's how a lot of wildfires can occur is that these fires are unchecked and untamed and the wind uh, intensifies the fire but also sends those embers up and they go find the source of vegetation uh, low nearby and then they become uh, wildfires grow at an exponential and rapid rate and then all of a sudden it becomes a major catastrophe with Canada is dealing with now currently and we a lot of the areas in the states are seeing the smoke from and even all that smoke that's in the area is unburnt fuel uh, so that uh, into the environment is adding with our already dry conditions is fuel that's been prepped to be ready to be burned but it just didn't reach that ignition point so now it's even more of a danger that it could again ignite and cause bigger issues now again with anything a fireplace a fire um, a little fire pit uh, even your fireworks that you just launched off that material was just burning and you're not sure if uh, that fires out yet so before you throw it in a trash can you want to make sure it's properly extinguished you know if you have water always have at least one source of extinguishing and even if you don't think okay we used our water that we had well, if you smother and deny a fire oxygen, that's another way to put it out. So if you have dirt, you can bury it that way. 
Right. I pre- and I forgot about the idea and I appreciate you pointing it out that it's, you know, the smoke can be unignited, you know, fuel going through the air as well. Is there any really good suggestions you have? I mean, I had uh, gotten a really good filter and obviously I think I'm going to have to change it when I get back home. Uh, for my air conditioning unit, I got a really good one to put in to kind of like filter to keep it out from the outside air or to kind of bring it in. But is there any good suggestions you have, Anthony, to, you know, because I mean, obviously you're, I know you're in Pennsylvania and I know you had some of the smoke in there to kind of keep the smoke out of people's houses and stuff. Um, making sure there's a few things that you can do. Um, and it's, it's very similar to what, um, you have your recirculating, um, button in your vehicles that's one one method so when you're out and about and maybe some people do not know in your vehicle that little button with it looks like the inside of your car with the arrow that circulates that's taking air from inside your compartment that's run through a filter and then it'll rerun it back through your um through through your air conditioning or whatever it may be so after you've already kind of got some air flowing into there from the outside or even from the inside because it's more protected, you can hit that recirculating button and it's going to provide you a little bit of cleaner so it's not drawing that fresh air out of the car, which is that smoke-filled air, and then shooting it right into your face and trapping you in that compartment. Now, So it just takes clean air, runs it through the filter again, and clean air. Now in your house as well, you mentioned getting a different type of air filter um, you want to check and make sure there's different levels and different, um, grades of air filters right. that filter out material at higher capacity. And so if you look at actually something we had done, uh, the 1100 series of air filters is more of a medical grade where it reduces right. the significant amount of pollen, smoke, allergens that may be in there, but also check to make sure that your uh, your home heating or cooling unit can handle that sort a lot with older ones could actually suffocate because that filter is filtering so much air, the draw from the system may not pull it. Okay. Um, but again, limiting your outside exposure, uh, it's not a, uh, there's different types of exposures where it's, you're not walking into a room filled with smoke, but everything's smoky around us. And every time you're breathing in and out, you're just slowly inhaling. So a way to do that too is try and clear out your sinuses when you come in. You give yourself a little bit of time to rest. Go blow your nose and see. And I think you'd be surprised that you might find some soot in there from being outside. Right. right. That's a great idea as well. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. I thank you so much. Um, and, and, you know, take, just taking the time out there because we wanted to have somebody on for the holidays and you're my most qualified person. And, uh, I wanted you to, you know, come out there and talk to the people out there and this is international. So, I mean, this goes all over the place. Uh, so, I mean, people in any country can use this advice. And obviously you use it to your legal aspects of things and your safety and you talk to your doctors and, and, and your local firemen and firefighters and first responders and doctors and everything else. But at the same time, uh, you know, we want everybody to be safe and have a fantastic holiday and come through it better than they did when they heard this. Absolutely. And people and we're not saying you can't have any fun, but make sure you're doing it safely and make sure you're prepared just in case so that you are only having fun, not worrying about any injuries or any uh, catastrophic events. So go out there, have fun, enjoy the time with friends and family and just be safe. 
How about giving a shout out to your boys at your home deal there, man? Yeah, and then uh, I'd like to give a shout out to local 1813 Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. So um, all the guys that I work with there. Hey, man, let me tell you something. Big shout out to all you guys. Thank you so much. You guys are all appreciated. And all our firefighters and, and uh, safe, say all our people around the world that try to take care of things and first responders, we appreciate you. Anthony, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again. And you have a safe, wonderful holiday. Lifebox Media Channel, Firefighter Anthony Chen, we are out.